Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 336, and today I'm excited because we're going to be talking about a topic that uh, a lot of people get confused about, including myself at times, and that is sponsored ads or pay-per-click for your Amazon listings, and I've invited on my good friend, Chris Schaefer. What's up, my friend? What's going on, brother? How are you? Are you, uh, are you ready to dive into this confusing topic? I am. You know, I'm excited. This this brings out the nerdy side of me, and you know that. So anytime we get to talk about sponsored ads, it's a good time. I, I'll tell you what, though. It's a, it's a topic that because it's not one of these like paint by numbers, 100% things like product research, we can talk about 10 by 10 by one. And does the product meet that criteria exactly? But PPC sponsored ads is like 50% art and 50% science. Yeah. So it's one of those topics that can be very, very confusing for people. I think we found a way to break it down a little bit better than we have in the past. So I'm, I'm excited to chat through it with you. Yeah, no. And we've also reached out to Jeff and Brandon from Seller Labs, and they are also going to be doing a workshop for us, which I'm excited about. And we've actually kind of flushed some of these uh, different topics out with them. And uh, yeah, it's going to be really, really good. And uh, if you guys are interested in checking out that training. Uh, I actually said that we were going to record it, but as you're listening to this, it's already been recorded because we're recording that on the Monday of this week. You're listening to this on Wednesday. So if you want to watch that replay of that workshop, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC. The other thing that is going to be located there is all of the resources about sponsored ads. So we're going to be doing this entire week. If you're listening to this again on March 22nd, then this whole week we're going to be, we're calling it pay-per-click week or sponsored ads week because we're going to do Facebook lives. After we did the workshop or that we're doing the workshop, there's a lot of questions that come in. And what we decided to do is answer those questions the best that we can throughout this entire week. And all of those recordings will also be linked up inside of this post on theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC and any other resources that we that we create in the future will be located there. So you're definitely going to want to head over there, check out that workshop replay and all of the resources that we're, that we're putting on that page and including. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun because this is definitely a topic that I get asked about a lot. And I got to be honest, like I'm still learning it too, Chris. And uh, you know, there, there's different, there's different terminology that, you know, people get hung up on. I want to cover that. There's also this keyword versus search term. Like, what does that mean? Um, I want to I want to be able to make that very, very clear, because I think if people understand that everything else will make a lot more sense. The other thing I want to mention here is if you're launching a brand new product and you're not using sponsored ads, you need to start using sponsored ads. A lot of people ask me, Chris, how do I launch a product now that, uh, you know, these review groups are no longer, you know, TOS, which they never really were, but you know, kind of where you keep, you could give away product at a discount and you still can do that to your own list and all that stuff. You just can't ask for reviews directly because you gave them a deal. But how do you launch products now? And really simply, you go out there and you get sales using sponsored ads. That's one way of doing it. You also build your own list, which we've talked about in the past. But today, I really think this topic is going to help people in the launch process. And if you have a product that you just want to boost or if you want to get more sales on that product to then get you organically ranked. And I think that's really, really what we're going to do here today. So I'm excited, Chris. Are you ready to dive in or jump into this, this topic that's, uh, that's uh, you know really confusing to a lot of people? 
Let's do it. All right, cool. So let's uh, let's just dive in here to the terminology and the ad types. Maybe you want to kind of run through uh, these here, and maybe we can clarify. I'll ask the questions to you if we're going through these, if there's questions that I think people may be asking, because I get a lot of questions about this. But why don't you just start going through the basics and the terminology? Okay, so I guess the question to you is, what terms do you want to cover? Because there's a whole bunch. Yeah, well, I think auto-targeting versus manual, like, like what does that mean? Like, you know, what, so, what does auto targeting mean? And I, and I know ta- a lot of people, it might seem really obvious, but it's not when you're first starting. I had a guy that m- I met in Dallas, Chris, and he said, Scott, before I even knew about this Amazon thing, you kept saying keywords. I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, and to us, it's just like, you know, secondhand you talk. We just talk about it all the time. Um, so why don't we just break that down? So what is auto targeting versus manual? So there's two, there's two ways that you can kind of get your campaigns going. The first one is auto. And that's basically where you let Amazon pick all of the things that you show up for, right? The other one is manual where you say, Hey, Amazon, here's some things that you can sort of riff on some seeds for you to, to grow from, if you will. Right. So that's when you would go, uh, and you guys may have heard us talk about in the past, like scrape your competitors listing for some keywords, right? You actually give Amazon the list of things and you say, I want to show up for things related to these words. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And the one thing I do want to highlight here too, because I think it's important is if you're going to run an auto and we're, we're going to talk about the different types that we would suggest running and it's changed a little bit. I got to be honest, there, there's the old way and the new way. And we're going to talk about that, but understand this, if you're allowing Amazon to go out and target words for your keywords for you or search terms for you. All right. If your listing is not optimized, it's not going to do a really good job. Okay. So the very first thing that you need to do is make sure that your listing is fully optimized, meaning you have a good title, you have good bullets and you have good description and you have good keywords in the back end. Now this doesn't mean it has to be like all dialed in hundred percent. It just needs to be the obvious keywords need to be there. If you're selling a garlic press, garlic press better be in there. Stainless steel garlic press better be in there because understand this. If you put in garlic press, it's going to also give you related stuff about a garlic press because Amazon knows that. So again, don't think that you have to cover all of those keywords. You just want all of the main relevant search terms or keywords inside of your uh, of your listing. So this way here, when Amazon is looking at it, whether you're running manual or not, you still need to be relevant. Is that true, Chris? Yes, it's yeah. absolutely true. And that's one of the places where a lot of people get stuck is they say, oh, I'm not getting any impressions, which is another word that we should probably Let's talk find. about that. Let's talk about that. So impressions, when you guys see or hear us talking about impressions here today, what we're talking about is just simply that your ad has shown up on a page for somebody, right? So if you see you got five impressions on a certain keyword or search term, it means your ad showed up five times for different users. And do you, right? do you pay for that? Do you pay for no, that impression? Not within Amazon because Amazon has what they call PPC, which is another term that we should define. That is pay per click. So it can show up a million times, but if you only get one person to click on it, you only pay once. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And again, I'm asking the questions as the listener because I get a lot of people to say that, like, Scott, what's the difference? What's an impression? What's a click? Uh, you know, what, what does that mean? When do I pay for it? And very, you know, very simply put, you know, an impression, like Chris said, it's, it's 
how many times your lit or your um, your uh, your ad has been displayed on a page. It doesn't mean that you're going to get charged for that. It just means that's how many times it's been displayed. And that's also a metric that we're going to want to look at here. And what we're going to talk about that as far as why that's important and how we can get more exposure. But then the click, that's actually really important because that means that we've had actually someone click on it and we've paid for it. And there's another term that you're going to probably see or an abbreviation, which is CPC. Okay. So you want to definitely, and Chris, why don't you talk about that? So CPC, unlike PPC, CPC is cost per click. That's how much you're actually paying when someone clicks. Exactly. And, and so let's, let's talk about this real quick. If, uh, if I want to show up on a certain page, uh, or if you know, for my, for a certain, uh, keyword or search term, what, uh, if, if I bid a dollar, okay, does that mean that I'm going to spend a dollar all the time? Or what does that mean? No. So the way that Amazon's bidding system works and it, it notice the keyword there bidding system. Yes. <clears throat> You're saying the maximum that I'm willing to pay is $1. You may pay a dollar, but you may only pay 32 cents, right? It's going to depend on how many other people are willing to pay for that keyword or search term, how many other people are willing to pay at least a dollar, and how relevant those people are. The less relevant you are, the more you're generally going to pay. Mm, that's a good so point right there. That's, let's, you, let's highlight that. Selling, yeah. If you're selling a garlic press and you're trying to bid on, I don't know, I have, I have one in my hand, a water bottle, yes. right? Amazon will generally not show you for that, but there is a, a certain threshold where you can bid and you'll show up for it. If you're willing to pay them $25, they'll show you, right? You'll just pay $25 a click. And so you kind of have to understand that a water bottle is not relevant if you're trying to sell a garlic press, but you can generally kind of bid your way there. So you want to focus on the terms that are most relevant to you because it's going to help you pay less. Now, let, let me ask you this. So if, if you were to go out there and bid on garlic or I'm sorry, a uh, water bottle and you didn't have water bottle in your listing, um, it would probably be hard to rank unless you had that water bottle in the back end of the, of the, uh, of the keyword field in the back end of your listing. Is that correct? It is. And again, that plays into the relevance factor. Exactly. Generally speaking, there is an Amazon doesn't do a great job of, of sharing this data with us on Google. When you run an ad through Google AdWords, they give you what they call a quality score, which is basically like a rank one out of 10, how related everything is right on Amazon. They don't give us that, but they do, they do use something similar. And the way that you kind of overcome what Google would call a low quality score, right? A low relevance on mm -hmm. Amazon yeah. is by increasing that bid. So there is theoretically a point at which you could show up for water bottle if you were willing to pay enough. But why would you want to? Exactly. Exactly. No, that makes that that makes sense. All right, cool. So, OK, keep let, let's keep going into or drilling into the, the terminology and stuff. So let's talk about the ad types um, or let's talk about the keyword targeting types and examples. So maybe we could talk about that. So um, what type of keywords? Again, let's talk about that really quickly. Like a keyword is what, Chris? What is a keyword? So you guys may have heard me refer to this as a seed keyword or a seed word a couple minutes ago. A keyword when we're talking about Amazon ads is something that we put in and then Amazon uses that as the base to riff off of, right? So they'll say, okay, um, this is the seed keyword of garlic, right? They'll then try a bunch of different words that go with garlic. So every time somebody searches garlic, they might show you, but they'll also show you for garlic press, garlic peeler, 
garlic bag, which somehow became an example that we use. Um, you know, all, all of these different words related to garlic. So the keyword when you put it into the sponsored ads is really a seed, right? It lets Amazon start to collect data based off of that. When you hear us talk about a search term, which is the other piece of terminology that we hear us use here today and in anything related to, to Amazon sponsored ads, that's what the customer is actually typing in. Big so difference. Sometimes, sometimes they'll end up being the same if the customer happens to type in garlic press, right? But they might type in blue long handled garlic press. That's going to be what the customer is actually typing in. And once we start to run the ads, that's what we care about. That's what we look at to try to get the data and the feedback. Does that make sense, Scott? It, it makes total sense. So let's talk about that for a second. So if we are talking about a garlic press and we put that into, now there's three different types of targeting that we can do. We can do a broad match, we can do a phrase match, an exact match. And now just note this real quick, guys. Uh, and, and I don't know how long it's been, but that that wasn't always the case. It was always pretty much, or it was broad for the longest time, right, Chris? Yeah, it's been, uh, man, well, let's see. How long ago did we record uh, episode 119? Because that was when they made that change. Yeah, so, that was go it was going back a ways. That's it's over a year, year and something now. So, yeah, it doesn't really matter. But the, the, the key is, is they just added that not that long ago. Um, I guess in, in Internet years, it was years ago. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was decades. It was decades, decades ago. Yeah. Years. So but but now we have the opportunity to be able to use broad as like Chris said, it's like the seed. You're, you're planting that seed to then say, Amazon, this is the keyword that is relevant to my listing. Garlic press. OK, now what they're going to do is they're going to go out there and go, OK, related to garlic press is garlic bag or red handled garlic press or uh, let's see, garlic bag might even be just one that they target because it's related. It doesn't have to be a phrase, which then we can start talking <laughs> about the phrase match and a phrase so match is, is something completely just, different. Let's let's define those and then and then kind of rattle through the examples. Sounds for sounds great. Let's definitely do that. Yeah. So we have broad, right? And it kind of makes sense when you think about it. So let's just use the the example of garlic press, right? When you run something as a broad match, Amazon looks for it at the highest level, right? So they're going to put anything they want that somebody might search with garlic press. Exactly. So and actually, the way that Amazon treats that is anything that's a space, they consider that kind of a separate word. So we're going to get all kinds of data for garlic press, garlic bag, but we also might get rotten garlic and moldy garlic and bench press and some of those kinds of things at the broadest level. Does that make sense? Yeah. They take each yeah. of those individual words and they say, ooh, this goes with that. This goes with that. This is relevant to the listing. This is relevant to the listing. And they start to give us just a massive amount of data. The second type is phrase. So if we put the, the term garlic press into a phrase match, Amazon is going to say, okay, I'm going to put stuff before and after garlic press, but these two words have to show up next to each other. Somebody has to type these two words in this order next to each other, right? So you might get blue long handled garlic press or garlic press stainless steel, but you're not going to get some of the more extraneous stuff like bench press or rotten garlic. Exactly. OK. Yeah. And then speaking of exactly, the third type is exact and inexact. You will only show up if someone types in exactly the two words garlic press. 
Does that make sense? That makes, yeah, makes total sense. And again, I want people to think about like if you do a search in Google and you put uh, quotes around that word, you're technically putting it into Google as like you only want to see stuff show up that that is exactly in that phrase. It's it's very similar. Um, it's actually the exact same thing inside of Amazon. Other than they're saying we'll put an we'll put something on the pre of the word or the you know the the, the you know the beginning or we'll put something at the end. But in in the middle there, or even just on the front and then on the back, or or vice versa, or maybe both, you can then have a long, what they call a long tail keyword or search term in in this in in, in this case. So a phrase really is that keyword or you know that. That word that you want people to, ha- or you want inside of that term, um, but with broad, it is exactly what it says. It's broad. It could be stuff that's related in some way, uh, for, you know, from that keyword. Um, so again, we're kind of like, you know, I like to think of kind of things as like moving it down the funnel in a sense to where you're like, you're starting at this really broad level. You're bringing it down a little bit further into the phrase. And then when you find a winner that you know is converting and it's a search term now, not necessarily a keyword, we're going to now call these search terms. The search term means it's something that someone actually typed in because we can see that data on the back end inside of our reports, inside of our seller's account. And then, we can make that decision. Okay, now we want to use that search term, not keyword search term, because that's what it was. It was a search term made by a human that actually bought your product. And then we can start to do some really cool creative stuff with that. And we can have our own ad budget and all that stuff. But just so you guys understand the very, very beginning stages, all we're doing is really we're mining for gold, right? You guys know I love gold rush. I talk about that show. I think of it the same way you're finding, you know, a good pile of dirt and then you're sifting and then you're going down a little bit further. You go, Oh, look at, there's some actual good stuff here. Now maybe we want to focus here a little bit more. And then you might dig down a little bit further and say, Holy crap, we're on the gold. And then you would go to the exact. So it's a way for you to drill down and start mining and the keyword level or what we're calling the seed keywords. It's, it's a seed is going to start to attract all of these different uh, search terms. So then we can start to refine down the road. So I just want to be really, really clear on this because I think a lot of people don't get this. And Chris, when you and I were flushing this out, we were like, you know, I think you and I get it, but a lot of people don't. They think keywords is keywords. Like they just talk about their keyword on the front end, like the in the broad, you know, term. And then they go, okay, now I found some keywords that are converting over here. No, those are search terms. So there's a difference. I uh, just want to be very, very clear on that. Is there anything you want to mention on that to make it even more clear? I think Gold Rush is an interesting example. And for those of you who haven't ever seen the show, and I happen to have panned for gold, um, and I've, I've panned for silver a couple of times too, and basically what happens is the same thing that you're doing in PPC, right? You have that screen, right? And in Gold Rush, they do it with these big machines. But if you do it by hand, you have this screen, right? The screen is your match type. And then when you pile all that dirt on top, that dirt is your keywords. And you're saying, I'm using this to kind of filter down, right? The whole point is the dirt falls through and the stuff that might be gold stays on top. Then you basically repeat that process, right? Keep refining. So you're, you're just moving down the screen and refining and finding things that are closer and closer to gold. And then you end up with all of the gold at the end. So I, I, I like that as an example. Yeah, cool. So, okay. So again, let's just kind of clean up some of this terminology though. There's some other terms there. Um, ACOS, ACOS, like why don't you talk about that real quick? 
So your ACOS is your average cost of sale. And Amazon expresses this as a percentage. So if you have a $10 product and your ACOS is 40%, it means that you spent $4 to make that sale. Yeah. So obviously you have to know what your profit is to figure out if you're profitable or not. Most of us make between 30 and 40%. So if we're at that, we're kind of at our break even level. Yeah. And guys, I, I'm going to jump in here real quick because a lot of this stuff we just threw at you could, for some of you that are new or maybe not even new and you just thought you're like, maybe I thought I knew this and now I, I don't. It's it's okay. Like this stuff can be complicated. We're trying to make it not as complicated. Um, actually, again, to be more visual about it, that's why we did the workshop because we wa- I wanted to get Jeff and Brandon on who you know know this stuff um, really, really well. And I wanted them to actually walk us through like how to set up these campaigns, like how to actually go through these different, the you know, these different uh, targeting types and these different uh, campaigns and ad groups and all of that stuff. So again, I just want to say, if you want to, if you want to check that stuff out, head over to the amazing forward slash PPC. It'll be more visual there. You can actually see these different match types and kind of like the funnel as it's being kind of like sifted down into the gold. Um, and that's really what we want to do here on that workshop or that we wanted to do on the workshop, but then also being able to give you some resources that can make this process even easier. But again, hopefully we've got you guys to understand that seed keywords are top level. Your search terms are actually ones that were used by your potential customer or customers. So just understand those two. Um, I think that's really, really important to understand that. Is there any other things that we should maybe mention here? It probably will happen once we start going through um, some of these examples of these campaigns. But is there any other terminology that we should be mentioning here? We talked about broad, phrase, exact match types. We talked about keyword versus search terms, auto-targeting versus manual, um, ACOS or ACOS, um, impressions, uh, cost per click. So all of those things, I think we, I think those are the main ones. Um, is there anything that I'm missing? No, I think in terms of terminology, I think we covered it, but if we do find anything as we start going through yeah, some we'll of just our recommendations, yeah. we'll, we can explain it at that point. And guys don't get overwhelmed with the terminology. Um, we'll, we'll put together something that'll, that'll kind of explain all that for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put a resource on that, on that resource page. Um, okay. So let's talk about kind of, and I'm using air quotes, the old way. And I just want to be very clear, um, using this way still can work, but what we're finding is, is we can almost speed up the process a little bit and we can save a little bit of money rather than, than using the old way. And the old way is really like creating an auto campaign from scratch. All right. And I, I still think it works. It totally works, but again, it's going to take time and it's going to cost you money to figure out the keywords that you might be able to get right off the bat just from doing the new way, which we'll explain. But let me just kind of walk through what it looked like with using the auto campaign strategy. First off, Again, if your listing is not optimized, this is not going to work. It's not going to work in in any of these different examples. So you got to make sure that that listing is optimized, okay? And again, optimized means it just has to have relevant keywords and search terms that people would be searching for inside of there. So you want all of those all of those points, all of those all of those different words in there, you want it to be relevant to your product. I mean, that's kind of like common sense. We we want to make sure that it's relevant, all right? And that's going to also that's also going to be very important when we're looking for these keywords and, and that we want to start using the keywords, even on the broad level. So first off, 
It was taking an auto campaign, okay, putting a budget on it like $25 a day, okay, and then from there, maybe a dollar to $2 cost per click, and then saying, okay, let's see what happens. And then that campaign is focused on your one listing, and then Amazon's going to go out and it's going to start taking your listing and putting it in front of people's search terms, okay? And then we would normally wait 7 to 14 days, depending. And again, you want to probably look at it around the five-day mark and just see how your impressions are and all that stuff. And if not, then we want to bump that up um, because then that just means we're not bidding enough. But then what we would do is we would then pull that search term report. Again, the word here I'm using is search term report. That's the, the report that we can say, okay, here's the auto campaign. These are all of the search terms that were typed into Amazon and that were, uh, that were used to, to find my product. And then I can look at the impressions, I can look at the clicks, and I can look at the sales. Sounds great, and it is great, but again, there's a way that we can do this and kind of speed up that process because it's going to cost us money in, in the beginning to figure out, okay, maybe I've got a bunch that they're here putting in front of my listing that really aren't relevant. They're just kind of randomly putting them out there for some reason. Maybe it's free plus shipping or something that, that's uh, being targeted for mine because I have free plus shipping in my thing. Or maybe another keyword or, uh, or a search term that's not even uh, relevant to mine for whatever reason. But we won't know that until we pull that report. Um, Chris, what do you want to mention here on the auto campaign as far as in the beginning stages when we're getting set up? In terms of the the old way that we did it, yeah, like the old, like 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 the old way. Is there anything I'm missing there as far as like waiting the seven to fourteen days, then taking that data, and then we would then move it into a manual campaign? Do you want to maybe just walk through that real quick, and then we can talk about the new way? Yeah, and I think I, I think you pretty much nailed it, Scott. I mean, really, what we were doing is we were just kind of saying, "Hey, Amazon, go find us all of this data," and Amazon does a good job of that. The kind of downside to that is it does take that seven to 14 days. And if you're pulling that search terms report, a lot of people don't even look at it because we said, you know, don't don't worry about your sales. And a lot of people kind of take that as don't even look at anything. Right. Um, and you have to look at your impressions to adjust your bids and make sure that you're showing up. And then after that seven to 14 days, a lot of the data you get may or may not be relevant because you're kind of spread a little more thin than you would be if you told Amazon kind of what you're what you're looking for, which is something that we'll dive into here in just a minute. Yeah, and I, what I wanted to do also here really quickly, because I know some people, and again, we're going to show this on the workshop. So again, theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC, um, that's being shown because it's kind of hard to explain here, but I'll kind of try to uh, walk you through it. But if you, you want to pull that report, uh, you go into your reports, um, and then you go into advertising reports. So at the very top, you're going to scroll over to where it says reports, and then you're going to scroll down to the drop down where it says advertising reports. And then once you get into there, then you're going to be able to look at the top of that page and you're going to see performance over time, performance by SKU, performance placement, search term report, other ASIN report, campaign performance report. So then what we're going to want to do is pull that search term report. That's how you're going to do this. Now, again, if it hasn't been running that long, it's not going to have a lot of data. Is this a, is this delayed, Chris, uh, as far as like how how behind? I, I know it's behind, but do you know an exact or do you know like a rough, like how many days is that behind? The search terms report, yeah. I believe, is two days behind because it takes them up to 48 hours to post sales. So they don't push data into that report until they're sure about it. And then that tends to run, if you just go in and pull that, that runs kind of as like a 60-day window, right? So if I pull it today, 
it will look back 60 days and say, here's here's all of the search terms that your ad has been clicked on for over the last 60 days. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, it makes it makes total sense. So again, you're going to probably want to pull this report, uh, you know, after a certain amount of time. Again, if you've just started running your campaign uh, and you want to pull it the next day, you're not going to have a lot of data. So well, you, and, and you're not going to have any sales or anything posted in exactly. there yet. And that's, that's why we've said, you know, you need to wait kind of that seven to 10 days before you can even bother to look at this type of a report because you're not going to get the sales data in there. And if you do, let's say day five, you get antsy or day three, you get antsy. You're going to have one day's worth of sales reported in there and it's not going to be really meaningful to you. Whereas if you wait that seven to 10 days, you're going to have a week's worth of, of information in there and it becomes a little bit more meaningful. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people will then jump the gun, right? They'll go ahead and they'll go, oh, wow, look at this. I've got impressions. I got some clicks and I only got one sale. It's a loser. Um, I think you, you need to let it run its course. Uh, and if you don't let it run its course, you're, you might be cutting a keyword that could potentially be profitable. Or you could look back again at that same report seven days later, and then it would have been updated. And you could say, oh, wow, actually, I got four sales from those clicks. Hmm. If I would have just waited, I would have seen that data. Um, so yeah, it does take some time, some patience. But again, that's why if we're doing it the old way with the auto campaign, we really need to let that run a minimum of seven days and up to 14 days or longer before we can really get some good data. Because again, if you're not bidding high enough, you might be also uh, only getting a quarter of the traffic that you could technically be getting. And that's why then you want to start to look at your impressions and your clicks and all of that stuff. So let's move on to like the new way. And this is to me, it's almost like we're skipping the auto campaign in a sense, because now what we're going to do is we're just going to be smart about the keywords that are relevant to our listing. And I think that's the word I want to stress here is being relevant. Um, the old way was also kind of like take a thousand keywords, slap them into a campaign, see what sticks, and then start moving stuff, right? Um, now there's there's some there's a lot of disadvantages to doing that. Why don't you why don't you talk about the disadvantages of doing something like that? So before we do that, I'm going to talk about the advantages of doing something like that. Okay, at least that sounds the, good. The perceived advantages, right? right? And the reason that you would do something like that, the reason that you would put a thousand keywords in there is because you're putting a ton of dirt on top of your screen, right? There you go. You yeah. know something's going to fall through. The problem is you're taking dirt from 10 different sites, right? You're taking dirt from my house, Scott, from your house, from whatever. And when we start to sift, we don't necessarily know which dirt that gold came from. You can find it. You have to really drill down into that report. And you may actually find that there was gold a couple different places, but you don't know that there's enough gold to keep mining there easily. It takes a lot longer than if you were to just say, okay, Amazon, I want to run for these. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. So we're, we're piling a ton of dirt on, and yes, we're going to get results, and we're going to find some things that are promising, but we can't necessarily trace it back to the exact thing very easily, and we are kind of, we're, we're hedging our bets in a way that we don't necessarily even need to. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes total sense. And again, that's why, and, and again, I've done that. I've totally done that. I've, I've slapped a thousand keywords or, you know, into many campaigns and then we'll see what sticks. And usually there's like maybe five keywords, maybe, maybe eight keywords that stick. Um, and again, you know, you're, you're kind of like spreading that budget again across all of those. And, and so to me personally, um, I like it better now to keep them smaller, more relevant 
And then from there, we can start to really focus on those those targeted seed keywords to then bring us even better um, search term reports. Um, that's just you know my experience, and I know I'm pretty sure that you agree with that, yeah. and I know Jeff and Brandon do as well. Um, and again, that's what we're going to be kind of walking through is some of these examples and 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 how to really create these these different ones. Now, there's a lot of data to kind of mine through, right? And you know, if we keep it simple in the beginning, if you have one ASIN. You know, it's manageable. We can do that. Um, now, there are tools out there that help with that. Actually, um, Seller Labs is just, uh, they're coming out with a tool, which we'll actually be sharing as well, which is pretty cool. Um, I know, Chris, that you've been uh, experimenting with that. It was in beta, and you were you were kind of playing around with it, and it's pretty exciting. I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's literally um, taking all of that uh, all of that data and then kind of bringing everything to the forefront. Um, but again, I don't want to I don't want to get into that right now because again, it's a visual thing and we can't really share exactly how everything is is kind of looking. But understand that it does take work to go through it. There's no set and forget. Like there's no set and forget way for you to put keywords seed keywords into a campaign, walk away, then come back maybe, I don't know, two weeks later, pull the report, take those, put them into a manual campaign, and then set it and forget it and go, okay, I'm good, I'm done, everything's gonna be fine. You gotta always be looking at the data and, and continually expanding on that data, um, which I think is is pretty awesome to be able to do that now. Um, and, and really, I think, just simplify the process. It doesn't have to be thousands of keywords. Again, if you find 100 keywords that are really, really relevant and that convert for you, that's gonna help you rank for a lot of different keywords and uh, and that'll also drive rank and, and all that fun stuff. So let's talk about how would you go out there now and start a brand new campaign from scratch. Let's just say that we have a brand new product. We have no data yet that's come through for our product. Or maybe that you've already been doing this and you have some data, but you're like, you know what? I want to start over again. I want to start from scratch. Um, this is the way that we're doing it now. And uh, it's actually working out even better because, number one, we we skip the time of waiting for Amazon to tell us um, the 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 keywords or the search terms that we should be using. We're gonna actually go out there and take the most relevant ones that we can find. Well, the next question is gonna be, how do I find these? And there's a lot of different ways that you can do this. The first way and the most obvious way is to go to your competitors. Okay, look at the title, look at the bullets, and look at the description. Those are going to be relevant to your listing if you have a similar product. Now, you probably want to do this to three to five different uh, competitors or maybe more. But again, you want these to be relevant. So you're going to have a handful. You might even have a handful right now. You write a list down. You might already have 10 keywords that you know are those seed keywords that you want to put in there and start the process. And that's fine. Now, if you want to take it a step further, you can use tools that help you with this. And these tools will actually go in there. And I'm not exactly sure how they work, but they they do work. And what they'll do is they'll go out there and they'll scrape the listing from different keywords or search terms that have been searched for in the past that that listing has either ranked for or showed up for. Um, so the one that I've been really enjoying is the new one from Seller Labs, which is Scope. And uh, that one there makes it really easy because you're doing it right on the listing. Now, I also use, and I've used it in the past, is Keyword Inspector. Now, there's things that I like about that, and there's things that I don't like about that. But the one thing I like about it is it gives you a really deep 
you know, level as far as like really going down and scraping a ton of keywords. The downside of that, a lot of times, they might not be 100% relevant. And that's where now you would want to start taking those keywords and say, well, I only want to take the ones that are relevant to my listing. I don't want to take the one that says free shipping, right? Like I don't want to take the ones that aren't relevant. And then again, for you to sift through those, it's going to take some time. I've found that scope is definitely giving you less maybe upfront, at least that's my experience, but they're more they're, they're more targeted, they're more relevant, at least from my experience. Um, and I'm not saying that Keyword Inspector won't give you relevant ones, I just think that they'll give you a lot of other ones that might not be relevant, and you don't wanna use those, because then that could hurt um, you know, your, your campaigns or um, you know, even the, the amount of time that it's going to take to go out there and find these relevant keywords. The other tools there are, there's Merchant Words, there's Amisuite, um, those all work as well. Those are more like suggestions of keywords, like Merchant Words is suggestions, Amisuite is suggestions, um, although Amisweet, what they do is it's kind of like you going out there and typing in garlic press, type uh, you know typing another letter after garlic press, maybe with a space like you're going to put like A in there, like garlic press apple, let's say. And then what it'll do is it will go ahead and give you all of the keywords that are inside of Amazon that come up for. Um, garlic press with an A after it, that begin with A. And then it'll go through the entire alphabet and then it'll go through letter, or um, I'm sorry, numbers, and it'll do all that. So that is kind of good because it actually gives you uh, keywords or search terms that are being, uh, that are being uh, created inside of the Amazon platform. Merchant Words, um, I think does a little bit of that, but I think that's more of kind of like a Google keyword planner tool. I mean, what's your thoughts on, on that, Chris? On Merchant Words? Yeah. I'll tell you what, Merchant Words is a nice tool. The the thing that people use Merchant Words for that I wouldn't use Merchant Words for, mm. and the, the team over there is great, but I, I don't know where they get their relevance data. Uh, and so people people say, oh, well, this keyword, you know, for garlic press, it tells me that stainless steel garlic press gets 32,000 searches and garlic press only gets 16, right? Yes and no. I, I don't tend to even look at the number of searches inside of Merchant Words if I if I use that. I just look because it gives me a really good list. And that, that's one thing they do really well is I say, here's all of the really relevant ones. Um, now, they may miss some things that you rank for, which is where something like scope or keyword inspector comes in. Yeah. Right. Where they they pull and they say, this is what it's showing up for. Merchant Words just kind of again, Merchant Words is kind of like the the way that Amazon treats a keyword, right? You put in something and then Merchant Words riffs off of that and says, here's all of the other things that are related. Yeah, they're like, that su- sense? I, I think it's like suggestions or a Google planner tool, um, keyword right. planner tool. It's kind of like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. If they're relevant keywords, then yeah, definitely you can use that tool. Um, but again, we're trying to look at like in the beginning, especially, we want keywords that we feel are really, really relevant and then I mean, potentially that are already being ranked for, for our competitors. And then we can start drilling down using those. It's going to speed up that process. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give a shameless plug here, Chris, um, scope. Um, I'm an affiliate for now. Uh, I know those guys, like I said, Brandon is going to be on and Jeff is going to be on. They've created this tool. It's, it's an amazing tool. Um, they're also giving us uh, a discount as of right now, I believe it's $50 off. Um, so, um, you can head over to, uh, the amazing forward slash scope. And if you, uh, if you do end up 
uh, grabbing that, um, you can get $50 off by using the code TAS50. And uh, all that all that information will be over on that page. So definitely go check that out. Um, and then Keyword Inspector, they're located on my resources page on the blog. So again, um, if you guys want to check those out, they're definitely a great resource, but you don't necessarily have to. I'm using the quote. You don't have to, but it definitely will help you mine for those, those keywords that are relevant to your competitors and you. So it's a way to speed up that process. Um, okay, let's uh, let, let's keep going here. So keeping your 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 campaigns relevant, I just really want to just I want to end this part on that because I think it's really really important to understand that your listing needs to be optimized. Meaning, if you want to rank for certain keywords and you want to be shown for certain keywords, you have to be relevant. That means that your listing needs to be optimized. So definitely pay attention to your title your bullets and your description and your backend search field. Okay. Make sure don't just stuff the backend search fields with just random stuff because you know, maybe you pulled a report, um, using one of those tools and it gave you some random stuff, uh, that makes no sense, but you're like, well, it says it was, you know, it pulled it. Don't do that. You're, you're going to end up hurting yourself rather than helping yourself. Um, so just definitely make sure that you're relevant. I think relevant relevancy is going to be even more important moving forward. Um, what's your thoughts on that, Chris? Relevancy is key in, in anything that we do. And the more relevant we can be, especially in something like PPC, where we're spending money, the less money we're going to spend doing it, right? Like we talked about earlier, you can pretty much show up for anything you want to if you're willing to spend enough. But the more relevant you are, the more dialed in you are, the less you're going to pay for that and the faster you're going to get the results that you're looking for. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's um, let's move into what what do we do now with this manual campaign? Okay, so we found let's say that we found a hundred. Let's just use an easy number: a hundred relevant keywords. Again, I'm saying keywords. Let's call them seed keywords. Okay, we found these these seed keywords. Now we take those, we put them into a manual campaign, not an auto campaign, a manual campaign. And then we're going to uh, use a $25 per day budget. Okay. That means that I'm willing to spend up to $25 per campaign on this one campaign. And I'm going to say $1.50 to $2 cost per click is what I'm going to spend. So let's just use that as an example. Um, now at this point, Chris, we've got this set up, we've got it running. Now what? What do we do? How long do we let it run before we start looking at the data, like clicks and all that stuff? So if we if we set it up to go, let's just say today. Yep. I would say you need to wait. You still need to wait a couple days, but before you even worry about, you know, looking at the search terms report, I would say probably check in after three to five days to make sure that you're actually showing up for stuff. Because you talked about that like dollar twenty-five to dollar fifty cost per click bid that you were going to set. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure that that's enough. Right. And it, in most cases, a dollar twenty five to a dollar fifty is going to get you some. And we, we said this word earlier, impressions, meaning you're going to show up a couple times. But we need to double check that to make sure that when we wait that seven to ten days, we're going to actually have data to look at. Right. And that's one of the questions that you and I have gotten a whole bunch is like, hey, I got five impressions uh, over the last week. Is that enough to look at? And you're like, no. So you want to make sure that you're getting hundreds to thousands of impressions a day. If you're getting like five to ten on a keyword, that's not enough, right? You may want to raise your bid for that. 
And the, the reason that it's okay to do that is because we know doing it this way that everything that we're bidding on is actually relevant. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it makes sense. And, and again, I just want to uh, kind of uh, mention here that, you know, if you're running, uh, let's say for three days and then you go ahead and you want to see like how things are going, like, you know, like what's your campaign look like? You're in the broad match, right? We're setting this up as a broad match. And, uh, you know, after three days, let's just say we've got 100 keywords and maybe five of them have, you know, under a thousand impressions and all the rest might have like 10 and one might have 20. What would you do in this case? So you're saying most, most of the keywords have a couple thousand impressions and the rest have 10 or 20. Yeah. I would say, yeah, maybe there's a handful that have a thousand or two. All the rest are under a hundred impressions. I, I would probably leave my bid the same on the ones that have, you know, a thousand or two after two or three days. And I would, or three, three to five days rather. And I would raise my bid on the ones that don't. Okay. Just to see, just to see what happens. Now there may be some, a little bit of crossover there in terms of what search terms are triggered, but I want to try to get as many of those, as many impressions as possible as I can. Yeah. Because here's the deal, right? If we don't have impressions, why, why even pull the report in seven to 10 days? Like we don't, we're not going right. to have any there's data. No, there's no point. There's no data. Right. And I know our good friend, Dom Sugar, I mean, he's always aggressive and he's like, you know what? My first day I'm $5 a bid. You know, because he wants to get impressions and clicks like overnight and then he wants to see like what the data is like he's impatient like a lot of us are um, and but he sets his budget so he can't get hurt too bad. Um, but he, he is he is going to be losing some money here on the front end because right he's trying to mine for the gold. Uh, but that's a way to speed up the process. Now a lot of people they want to start slow and some other people say well you know what I want to go and find the low hanging fruit. I want to find the ones that I can get a lot of impressions for only spending a dollar or a dollar fifty. So there's two different mindsets here. Some people want to just bid high right off the bat and, and just start seeing what's what is the top, you know, uh, search terms uh, or or keywords that are going to get impressions, and then from there they can start to also see their their data at that three to five day mark. Um, the other ones that are maybe starting with a dollar per click, they might be only getting a few hundred impressions. That's going to take longer to start getting some data because if we don't have the impressions, meaning if we don't have the traffic, you know, or people seeing our listing, it's going to take longer to get clicks. And if we don't get clicks, we can't get sales. And if we can't get sales and clicks, we can't, we can't look at the data really as far as like what's working and what's not. Does that make sense, Chris? It does. And it, it all comes back to the data that you're trying to get. And so if you're not getting that data, you can't move it to the, the next stage. Right. right? You, so, have, you have nothing to base it on. Yeah. So, okay. So now let's say that we did do that for three to five days. We set our, let's say we set our cost per click to $1.50 to $2 and we are getting, you know, hundreds on some and we're getting thousands on a few others. Um, at this point in time now, what do we do and when do we do it? So after, after that three to five day period, I would say, wait till you know, your seven to 10 day period, right after you started running it. So if we, if we ran it starting today, it would be next Wednesday before we would even, even kind of look at it to refine down. And then what we're going to start looking for are keywords or search terms that have started to get what we call relevance, right? And kind of the number that you'll hear thrown out for like true relevance is 50 clicks at that seed keyword level. So 50 clicks on anything that that garlic press kind of spun off. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah. So once, once we've seen that, we can say, okay, this one is going to be relevant. And then we can start to look into that data. And if we're doing it manually, you know, looking into that search terms report and seeing which one of those search terms are actually starting to make sales, which ones are not making any sales and which ones are getting close to that relevance. 
Yeah. Okay. So, okay. I, I want to actually, before we jump into kind of like the different things here, as far as like what we can do to really refine and tweak, I'm actually pulling up a uh, campaign that we just started. Actually, it was on the 10th. So we're only talking four days in. Okay. I'm, I'm recording this on the 10th. It's going to air on what the 22nd. Um, but I just want to give you guys, it's only been running for not even four full days. Okay. Now my ACOS, my ACOS is only, is, is only, is, is it's 125, uh, it's 125.70%. So on the surface level, you'd be like, whoa, that's crazy. Like Scott, like that's, that's terrible, right? I've had 99 clicks. I've spent $141 and 80 cents. Right, and I've made $112.79 a sale. And these, uh, this product sells between, uh, let's see here, uh, $17.50, and we've charged as much as $20, but right now we're, we're playing around with $17.50. So 99 clicks, okay, and I've got 568 keywords, by the way, which is a little heavy, but I, I went ahead and I did a scrape, and they were, they were all relevant, um, at, at least the, from what I can see. And Again, 125%. Now, people would look at this campaign and go, it's a loser, Scott. Turn it off, all right? So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to click in, and I'm going to look at the keywords, all right? And as I'm looking at the keywords, right off the top, there are one, two, three, four, there's five keywords that converted to sales out of all of them, okay? Now, again, these are keywords, seed keywords, not search terms, okay? So we don't have enough data yet to even pull that search term report. But I can see already the top three seed keywords in the broad match. The first one, 14% ACOS. The next one is 12.60% ACOS. The next one is 16.80%. Uh, uh, and then the last two, 208. The other one is 238. So immediately you would say, all right, well, Chris, do I keep running those two that are so high? Do I let them run out? Like, what do I do here? Because those first three, those are really good. And oh, by the way, the impressions that I have, the first one, that's 14%, it actually got two sales. It's 256 impressions, three clicks. The other right. one, the other one is 186 impressions, three clicks, two sales. And then the next one is 62 impressions, two clicks, and one sale. And then the other ones are 4,821 impressions, 19 clicks, and one sale. And then the other one is 9,769 impressions, 22 clicks, and one sale. So at this point, I've got a whole mess of other keywords that have gotten no sales. Um, I'm trying to see here as far as if they've gotten any clicks. Yes, I've gotten a lot of other ones that have gotten clicks, and I've gotten some that haven't converted. So again, that's where we would probably want to start lowering the bid. I've got one here, Chris, that's uh, 17,714 impressions, 10 clicks, no sales, and I'm bidding $2 on that one. So this is probably at this time, I would probably want to come in here and it says I bid a, or I paid $1.45 per click. Right there, I would probably want to go ahead and start lowering my bid on some of these that are, are getting clicks but not getting sales at that level. Would you still continue at 10 clicks even though I didn't get any sales with that high of impressions? What would you do in that case? So this is where the art versus science perspective comes in. And this is something we've talked a lot about. You know, we just said kind of, 50 clicks seems to be where that threshold where you get true statistical relevance, right? The science side. Yes. Now for me, the art side of that is, is saying, okay, 
if I were to make two sales on the next two clicks, which I haven't done, is it going to be profitable? The other way that I like to look at this is I know what my conversion rate on the listing is, right? And you can, you can find that in your reports. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the reports off the top of my head. It's the, if you go into your reports, business reports, mm -hmm. uh, detail page sales and traffic, I believe. Yes. And then you get your unit session percentage, which is your conversion rate. So let's just say, you know, you guys have heard us throw out some, some numbers in the past 15 to 20% conversion rate is generally a, a pretty good conversion rate. So if, I've gotten 10 clicks and I generally convert, you know, my listing normally converts at 20%. I would want to see two sales in there, right? Cause two out of 10 is 20%. So I would want that, that word to be converting at least as well as the rest of my listing is right. Um, so for me, I would probably start lowering my bid on that stuff just because I, I either want to cut it out completely but there's not really a reason to just pause it because it still may find us some good data. We have to find it kind of a threshold. So maybe I would cut the bid there in half to start and then just see if I'm still showing up and I'm still getting impressions on stuff. Because what may happen is it may take 20 clicks to make a sale on that. But if it comes close to break even or profitable, then that's okay. Yeah, I would right? still drive. I would still drive traffic even if it was a break even on that one because I know that's going to help me rank and then eventually get organic sales. But like you said, Chris, I mean, my first instinct, and I've again, I'm not an expert at pay per click, but I do know how to work, work, you know, work it and, and kind of like use it to my advantage. I've got things to learn. That's why I mean, I'm always reaching out to people like Jeff and Brandon and, uh, you know, wanting to, to, to learn more and having them on a workshop that we're going to be doing. But in this case, if I was to look at that without even being here on the podcast or with you, um, my first instinct would be like, okay, I've ran this for almost four days. I might let it run the day out. And then from there, I'm going to start lowering the bid on the ones that are getting high impressions and high clicks, but no sales. I'm going to lower that and see if I can still get traffic, which I'm assuming I can. Um, and I would just, I would cut that in half. So if I'm spending two, I'm going to spend a dollar. And then again, I'd give it that uh, probably three to five days and start looking at that data. But I've clearly got some winners in the broad. Now, the, the really the, the magic here is going to be, okay, on those broad terms, those broad keywords, seed keywords, there's technically two sales each. So that's four, okay? It's still not ready to pull, I can pull the report. It's still not, it's still not ready for me to pull anything out of the search term report and put into its own campaign. It's not there yet. It's not mature enough. I still am mining for gold. And again, this seems like it's a, these are a couple of good keywords, three keywords, seed keywords that might get me 30 different search terms or maybe 10 search terms that convert, but I have so to let it run its course. Scott, here's something that's that's kind of an interesting, and we didn't plan this. We're kind of riffing this, but this that's is something what we that's do interesting. Here. That's what we do. You know, I, I'm looking I'm looking at the same keyword report that you're looking at, right? And guys, we're looking at the the back end report, not the search terms report, because it hasn't been lo running long enough for us to. No, we're to really looking at the campaign in the keywords level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is generally not where you would refine from. Like we said, you're going to refine from the search terms. But just looking at this, the ones that you said, you know, one is 14%, one is 12%, one is 16%. If you look at the keywords, those seed keywords, those are actually very likely to also be what customers are typing in. Mm -hmm. The And this, this goes back to the relevance that we were talking about earlier. The ones that you got, for, you know, 4,800 impressions, 9,000 impressions yep. that are 208%, 238%, those are way more generic than the other ones. And I guarantee you when we pull the search terms report and actually I'm kind of cheating because I did, even though we knew it wouldn't be relevant, that the, the search term that you're actually making the sale on for those 
more generic keywords yeah. is much more relevant, right? It's not just going to be one word. Yes. It's going to be a couple words yep. that are going to be much more relevant to your actual listing. Yep. Um, what we don't want to do though, is we don't want to just assume that that's always going to be the case because a lot of times we'll miss some of those golden nuggets, which is why we still suggest starting out at the broad level. And this is fine, right there. We know that, you know, at 208%, there's something in there that's making us money. We also know that there's a whole bunch of junk. Yep. There's a whole bunch of racks. Right. Right. And once we start to get enough data, we can go in and pull that out and and keep just the gold. Right. And well, we're going to be able to look at the, I'm just using this one as an example, 9,769 impressions, 22 clicks. We spent $29.68. We spent $1.35 per click. And we made one sale. Okay. So that one sale, okay, we're, we're at a loss there. If, if everything stays the same, we're at a loss. But once we pull the search term report, we're going to be able to see those 22 clicks, what search terms they came from, and which one converted to a sale. And then we can take those ones that didn't turn into a sale, and we can start refining that by adding in negative keywords and stuff like that. But we're not going to do that right now because we don't want to get too like deep you know, into kind of like how to refine. But again, I'm just trying to share this almost like live with you guys because it's a process. Right, I'm not alarmed by this here. I'm willing to spend money to promote, to actually get visibility so I can start to rank. I'm not necessarily looking at this like, okay, I'm going to make all of my profit by running sponsored ads. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, yes, I want to be profitable if I can, but I also want to drive traffic that's converting because then it's going to help me rank. So it's, it's a win-win all the way around. But the one thing I want everyone to understand, and I'm going to say it again, is Right now, I'm looking at the seed keywords that I put into this campaign, but on the back end of the search term report, I'm going to be able to find out those 22 clicks, what search terms they came from, and that's where the gold lies. So just want to be very, very clear on that. Um, same thing. I've got another one that got 4,821 um, impressions and 19 clicks with one sale. There's 19 clicks that happened, and they could have came from the same search term report, or they could have came from 19 different ones, but we're not going to know that until we get into that search term report. So I just want to be clear on that. Chris, anything else you want to, you want to say on that? No, I think, and, and like I said a minute ago, you know, the one with 19 clicks and the one with 22 clicks, super generic. So we know in that search terms report that there, there's a, a very high likelihood that there's 19 different search terms. Yep. And, and, and you saying it's it's generic. It's generic in a sense that it's not the product. In a sense, it's not it's not the garlic press. It's uh, let's say that it's um, a cooking. Uh, I don't know. Let's see, uh, a cooking mat or something like that, cooking, right? Cooking equipment or cooking equipment. Be. Yeah, there, it's a generic way of describing the product. Yeah, without, so it's a, it's a category more than. Yeah, the product itself. But again, that 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 one thing could well, it already did. It converted one of them to to a sale. So let's figure out which one it converted to a sale, and then we can say, okay, that makes sense. The other ones don't, <laughs> you know. And then we can start to refine. Then once we start to see a pattern, meaning, okay, we've gotten ten sales every time that we get clicks on that on that uh, search term uh, report. You know, after we pull that report, then it might come time to where we say, let's move that into a phrase match. Okay. But if we don't get enough clicks and let's kind of talk about that really quickly. Again, I know we're covering a ton here and that's why I wanted to do this workshop with Jeff and Brandon. Um, cause it'll make a lot more sense if you can visually see it and they're going to be showing like what we're kind of looking at right now, they're going to be showing like examples of this stuff. But 
as you're as you're drilling into this, you know, into the the data, you know, you need to you need to decide when is it time to pull one of those search terms that's converting and put it into its own phrase match. So maybe we can just touch on that, Chris, before we wrap up and uh, and just give people like that next step in this process. Because I'm not even ready in this campaign. This campaign is way too young. But what's the next step and when do we decide to pull a search term? So once once we kind of have that that relevant data. And again, guys, you know, uh, you'll hear us talk about like 50 clicks is, is kind of that true relevance point, but you can make some kind of gut calls before that. And I tend to jump the gun more than, uh, more than most. And I'm willing to say, you know, if I have 10 clicks maybe and two sales and I'm converting at the same rate, then I'll move that down. But that, you know, kind of play that with whatever risk, quote unquote, you feel comfortable with. Obviously, the closer you get that to 50, the more money you've spent, but the more relevant it is. So you have to kind of make that call in there for yourself. I like to use kind of my conversion rate, my average listing conversion rate as a guide there. That's just me. Um, but I also do a lot more fine tuning than, than most people would. So the longer you can let it run, the better. Yeah. So but, don't get don't get impatient is, is right. really what we're saying. And, and that's that's the thing, right? If you get one click, it's not enough. If you get 50 clicks, it's enough, right? Like that's when you can really start to make those feels. But we're not saying though, it's gotta Uh, be 50 clicks to a sale. We're saying we need 50 clicks on a keyword, a seed keyword. We need 50 clicks on there to know that we got enough, uh, you know, enough. We have, yeah, we have relevant, uh, you know, data. So this way here, again, when now you're saying like, okay, now we're looking at the 50 clicks and we're looking at the search term report, now we can say that we've got enough data inside of there to make a decision if we make one at all. Because if you have 50 clicks and you have 50 different search terms, you're not moving anything yet, right? Because now it's it's spread out amongst 50. But if we take those 50 and there's 40 of them that were converted to one uh, search term report or search term, search term um, that people are searching for, then it it's time in in my in my book forty clicks and sales all from the same search term that I to me I'm moving that um, that's me personally um, you know some people would go as low as ten or five um, that's going to come down to again like Chris said it's an art and a science where you have to make that decision you're going to know your product you're going to know if it's really really targeted towards your product um, or if it's just something you're like really like people are clicking on that and buying my product I wouldn't think so that might take a little bit more proving. But if you have something that's relevant and you see people are, are clicking on it and, and buying, that might be, uh, you know, that, that may come quicker is, is I right. guess what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, so the, what's, what's the next step then, Scott? And yeah. That's kind of what we were trying to get to. Yeah. So why don't you kind of run through like a little checklist of like what's next and then we can, we can wrap this up. I know we went longer than we wanted to, but I knew that was going to happen because this is uh, a, th- this topic can go on for, for days. We could literally talk about it for days, which is why we're doing it all this week. Exactly. Right? Like, that's, that's literally why we decided to do a week of it is because we said, you know, it's, it's one of these things that you and I could sit in a room. We could do a full day event just on this Yeah. and you would still have questions. Well, and, and, we have we we've had our live events and and usually when a topic comes up for pay per click we end up spending an hour hour and a half on just this topic and then we have to move on because we won't get anything else covered 
so, so yeah, so that's why we wanted to have Jeff and Brandon come on and do this workshop. And then we decided, you know what, we're going to do an entire week of Facebook lives. And then if you can, if you can attend them, great. If not, we'll have them all in the resource section of, of this, uh, you know, sponsored ads training, which will be at the amazing forward slash PPC, just to make it easy for you guys to find everything in one location. So totally free to guys. There's, there's no cost to this. Um, we're going to give you guys all this training and I'm going to try to bring in some experts like Brandon and Jeff to help us now and in the future. So, um, definitely keep your eye on that page. So once, once we kind of have that, that data back, Scott, the yes. next thing that we're going to do is we're going to find the things that are working, right? The things that are making us sales that are making us profitable sales or break even sales. And we're going to take those search terms, not the keywords, the search terms from the search terms column of the search terms report. I'm just going to see how many times I can say that. You can say that a lot. Uh, <laughs> search terms, search terms, search terms. Um, <laughs> you're going to take that column, the ones that are working for you, and you're going to move them to a phrase match. Uh, and you can do that one of two ways. You can either do that in another ad group in the same campaign. Or you can put it in a different campaign. I like to kind of make a converting campaign. And the reason that I do that is I can assign a budget to it. You don't have to do that if you want to keep it a little more organized. My Honestly, guys, you don't want to see my, my back ends for PPC. It gets very complex. Um, so the easy way to do that is to do that as a different ad group inside of the same campaign. Yeah, yeah. And then you're also going to want to add them as, as negatives in the broad match. So if you move... Uh, let's just say garlic press, which we know is probably going to be one if you're selling a garlic press that you'll make profitable sales from. If you move that to a phrase, you also want to make sure that you add that as a negative phrase in your broad match ad group so that you're not running both places. And the only reason that you want to do that, again, it's not it's not like a big deal to run both places. But the reason that you want to do that is because it makes it easier to look at that data again. You're not spreading out your impressions for garlic press uh, across multiple ad groups. You have it all in one place so that when you do pull that search terms report or you use whatever tool you're using, that it's all kind of in one place and it's easier for you to analyze. It's not 13 different rows on the spreadsheet that you have to like add up and and cross multiply and do all this stuff with to figure out how it's actually performing. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I guess my only question, and this will be a question that I'll be asking Jeff and Brandon, um, is okay, we we're going to pull that or we're going to, we're going to put a negative in there. But if that's the keyword that the seed keyword, that's finding the data for me, if I turn that off, if I'm in the same campaign or if I'm competing against myself or I'm sorry, the, the ad group, like, won't that cut down on my on my discoverability of other keywords now? Because that's the one that's actually going out there no. and drawing people in. So maybe explain that. So when you when you add a negative, you can't add a broad negative unless they've changed that in the last few days. Let me double check. Yeah, it's just phrase and exact. So the the only thing that you're adding when you add a negative is you're saying don't run for garlic press here. So you still show up for anything related to garlic and anything related for press in that broad match campaign, that filter, you know, that filter ad yep. group, yep. if you will. Yep. It'll just take anything that has garlic and press next to it, next to it and or next to each other. Right. That phrase garlic and press. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes and sense. That will only run in the phrase. Yeah, you're, so you're you'll saying, still get yeah. blue, red, pink, garlic yep. press dash stainless steel. You'll get all of those and those move down to phrase and then anything else that that can filter for in the broad match will still happen in the broad match. And so, I think I think the, the one thing here to say, though, and th this will make it make a lot of sense for a lot of people is what you're saying is 
you're still going to run that broad keyword, you know, seed keyword, the, the seed keyword. Right? Yes. But you're putting a negative in there to say, don't, if you find this, don't use this only use everything else, but this. So what right. you're saying is you can still go out there and find all this stuff. And again, some people, what they would do is then they would pause that campaign or archive, not, not that campaign, that, that uh, seed keyword. That's not what we want to do. By doing the negative uh, keyword in there, we're now saying, yes, keep going out there and finding stuff. That's awesome. But don't use this one uh, or don't find this one because we already have it kind of thing. Is that right? Right. And there's actually, there's another way that, that some people do this. I like doing the, the phrase negative in, in the broad campaign. So if I'm moving something to phrase, I'll add it as a negative in the broad, right? Gotcha. But the other way that you could do that. And, and to me, it kind of, it, it works and it doesn't is you could just lower the bid in broad. Yeah. But to me, then you still have a chance one that you're kind of competing. And again, there's, there's not really a problem with competing against yourself, but then you kind of lose out on the filter aspect of that keyword of that seed keyword. Does that make sense? Yeah, it it does. You're, you're, you're lowering its ability to show up for some of those other, uh, and I'm just going to say random things that people may type type in because you're then saying, okay, I only want to run it at 95 cents instead of $2. If it's in that broad match, you want it to find the whole point of, of using broad matches for it to go out and find as many related things as possible. Right. So, and by you lowering the bid, you're, you're restricting that you're not allowing it to do its work. So I, I totally get it. And I think people listening get it. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I personally, and again, you can do whatever you want, but I would not lower um, the bid to try to not show up now, because again, like Chris said, now you're going to restrict all of the other keywords that it could be attracting versus just going and putting a negative um, keyword in there to say, listen, go get everything else. I don't need this anymore. I got this. Um, and that's really all, all that you're saying there. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay, cool. All right, um, Chris, is there anything else that you wanted to run through? Is there is there any other points that we want to make before we wrap this up? I know this went longer. Again, again, guys, all of this stuff is going to be covered on the workshop. If you guys... Um, if you guys want to check that out, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC. It's free training. We're going to do it all week long. So definitely go check that out. If you're listening to this after the fact, still go there. That page will be live. There will be, uh, definitely a resource page there for you with a, a whole bunch of resources and we'll continue to add to that. Um, again, I know this is a really confusing topic for a lot of people, including myself at times. Um, and it can get overwhelming. So we want to start you know, we want to start it out right, but then we also want to have a plan in place and kind of how to actually run through this stuff. And, um, and that's why we wanted to do this episode. We haven't done one in a while and things have changed, uh, you know, a little bit as far as even our strategy, as far as moving forward, not necessarily using the auto. I still think that people can use the auto campaign if they're brand spanking new and they just want to get their feet wet. It's not a terrible, uh, terrible way of doing things. It's just going to take longer and it's going to cost you money in the beginning to get to where you could be if you just started with manual by looking at your competitors. Um, you know, uh, different listings and stuff. Um, so is there anything else that you wanted to mention here before we wrap this up and, uh, head over to do a Facebook live here? No. So let's, let's do one thing for everybody though, Scott, let's sure. recap the new way. Cause Ooh, we, we kind of talked through the entire thing, but just, let's just give everybody a really high level recap. So guys, the, the old way that we talked about was using, you know, your auto campaigns and kind of building some of these different scrape campaigns. And kind of what we're doing now is we're just kind of skipping that auto campaign or we're bolting it on at the end, just as an additional filter. But we know that if we set up a manual campaign using that competitor data and those those keywords that they're using in their listings that we're probably going to get 
you know, we're going to get 99% of the same things and we're going to be able to do it a little bit faster and for a little bit less money. So we're going to be using just a manual campaign type with broad match to start with. Right. And that's something that we have to specify now. The keywords that we're entering, we're going to enter as broad match keywords. These are all the ones that we talked about scraping from our competitor listings, the ones that we're pulling from titles and bullet points and descriptions, and then kind of the common sense ones. Right. And what we're going to do is we're going to set that up and we're going to set our bid. And Scott, I think you suggested earlier about a dollar 25 to a dollar 50 is where you would suggest. I, I, I did a I did dollar 50 to two dollars. But yeah, I mean, okay. start somewhere between a dollar and two dollars, depending so on how competitive your space is. Let's call it a buck 50. Right. Cool. And we're going to we're going to set that cam campaign up. We're going to copy and paste all those keywords in. We're going to make sure that it's set to broad match. We're going to then do the hardest thing in the world, especially for most of us that are selling on Amazon, because we get to see really cool stuff right away. Right. Like sales. We're going to let it sit for like three to five days. And then we're just going to we're going to check on it. We're not going to look at the sales that it's making. We're not going to look at the ACOS. We're not going to worry about that right now. We just need to make sure that in that three to five day range that we're making the bids in the right ballpark, right? We want to check our total number of impressions to see that we're getting hundreds or thousands per day, ideally thousands, but you know, we don't have to worry about that. As long as we're not getting like five, we're generally okay there. We want to get more, the more, the better. Here, you may need to raise your bids to get more impressions or clicks. You may need to double check your listing. That's the other thing that you're going to want to do in this three to five day period to make sure that all of the things that you're running for are somewhere in your listing so that you get that relevance factor that we talked about. And then if you have a, a bunch of stuff that's getting a ton of clicks and a ton of impressions, you may actually want to even increase your daily budget here uh, by a few dollars just to see if you can bring in more data. Then after that seven to 10 day mark, that's when we're going to start pulling that search terms report, find the keywords that we're, that we can lower bids on, uh, find the keywords that we may, may need to continue to raise bids on, and then actually find the search terms. Again, the things that people are typing in that we may want to move to negative, that we may want to move to phrase, right? And then find a, uh, find some additional keywords. Maybe if we're, we're not as spread out as we want to be by scraping another competitor or two and adding them in. So from there, we're just going to con basically continue that process every week or two weeks by pulling that report, looking at that data, making sure we're getting the impressions that we want and seeing what's working. Do more of that. Seeing what's not do less of that. Right. Does that make sense, Scott? Yeah, it makes total sense. And I just want to, again, remind people on, on this as far as like what we're doing, like we're allowing, uh, you know, a keyword, a seed keyword to get 50 clicks before we decide, you know, like it's relevant, right? Like, so we want to, we, we just want to know that it's had that much reach. Um, and again, we need to get it there. So we might need to keep increasing our cost per click to get there. Um, and then from there, we can start to look at the data on the back end um, of the search term report. So that way there we can make that decision. So I just want to be clear on that. That's us personally. I mean, if yours is 25, then it's 25. We're looking at 50. Uh, 50 clicks to be where we're like, okay, now we got to start looking at those 50, those 50 clicks and see exactly, you know, what's going on here. Um, and then we can start to refine. So just wanted to kind of throw that out there. Spot on. All right. So I think that's going to wrap it up. And that was uh, crazy. I figured we would go down a couple of different rabbit holes, which we did. But I think it was I think it was useful. I think that we clarified a lot of things. Again, just understanding the terminology, understanding a seed keyword versus a search term report is huge. And then once you once you actually get it, once you wrap your head around it, I think then it becomes easier to then drill down into these different campaigns and then start to refine and then start to find the 
profitable ones and then cut the losers. And that's really what it's all about. So again, we are going to be doing uh, a full week of Facebook Lives. We're going to be jumping on and we're going to be answering questions or recapping some of this stuff that we did on the workshop. Again, if you want to watch more of a visual presentation of this, uh, which we're, we go even deeper, uh, definitely check out the workshop. But that can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC. And uh, that Everything will be there, all of the resources, the replay um, of the workshop, and then uh, all of the details about our Facebook Lives that we're doing uh, for that week. And then if you're listening to this after the fact, after this is all kind of over with as far as our Facebook Live week, well, you can still go there because we'll have all the recordings up. You can watch them and listen to all the questions and answers and and all of the uh, content that's been created. And again, we'll be adding to this on a pretty regular basis. When we have updates or when we have other experts that we want to invite in, we'll do that as well. So, uh, Chris, I think that's pretty much going to wrap it up. Any last little bits uh, that you wanted to kind of share before we wrap up? Just go do it, guys. And PPC is one of those things. And, Scott, maybe one other question that we can talk about is, like, is there any other – like, should, when should I stop PPC? Yeah. Like, is there is there ever a reason for me to turn it off? And for me, the answer is no, unless you just cannot make it work, right? To me, I will almost always continue to run PPC for a search term, even if I rank number one. And the reason for that is it tends to pick me up more sales, right? Yes, I'm spending a little bit of money. It helps keep me at number one, but I also find that I'm going to continue to find some more sales. So make sure that you guys are doing this and that you're being diligent about it because not looking at these types of reports and not keeping an eye on your PPC, like you were mentioning earlier, Scott, is what tends to make this not profitable for people. Spending a couple minutes a day or an hour a week even looking at your PPC can help you avoid some of those pitfalls. And you mentioned it earlier, it's not set and forget. We need to be looking at these things on a regular basis. And that I think is is the other key takeaway for people is like, it's not set and forget by any stretch of the imagination. We need to constantly be looking at these reports and we have to make sure that the data is then relevant. Because the two mistakes that we make are set and forget and then just moving stuff arbitrarily or stopping stuff before it's really had a chance to work. So I think the new strategy that we kind of outlined here today, I think, makes that a little bit easier for people to follow than some of the the different ways that we've talked about doing it in the past. And quite honestly, it's going to get you to relevant data significantly faster than it would have in the past. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Love it. And I'm excited for this week and uh, for uh, being able to uh, learn more about this myself. And uh, there's always there's always things that we can learn, a little tip, a little nugget here and there. Um, so definitely come uh, hang out with us. So like I said, we're going to be on Facebook Live on the Amazing Seller group. And uh, you guys can find us there. Or again, if you just go to theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC, all the resources and links and everything will be there for this topic. And this is going to be an epic, epic resource page because it's going to be built over time, free, totally free. And uh, to me, it's uh, it's something that I think that we've been lacking as far as the amazing seller community and uh, you know, just being able to put something out there to help more people in this because, again, I'm not the expert. I want to go out and find the experts and learn from them, and hopefully we can all learn together. So, Chris, that's pretty much going to wrap it up. Guys, I want to remind you that I am here for you. I believe in you, and I am rooting for you, but you have to. You have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Chris is on with us here, so he's going to do it with us, too, on the count of three. One, two, three. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, guys, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. What's that? Did you say it? (laughs) I said it.
<laughs> on the count of three, take. Come on, Chris. On the count of three. Well, you didn't. You didn't count. All right, I did count. You ready? No, I. I said it with you the first time. The second time, you didn't count. Let's do it again, Scott. Let's give that one more go. <laughs> on the count of three. One, two, three. Take action.